Hi guys, and welcome to D&D Valiant Odyssey. It's your DM Aaron here. Just a quick message to let you guys know that these stories happen at the exact same time that Jasui, Key, Shavi, and Drew are escaping Cadmia to try and hide from Delnak the Outcast. If you haven't caught those stories yet, make sure you go and check out the first four episodes of Season 2 available anywhere you get good podcasts. If you want to catch up with all of our news off the air, catch us on Instagram or join our Discord. All those links are in the show notes. Thanks, guys, and enjoy this episode of the newest installment of Valiant Odyssey with the Forgotten Four. Hello, it's just us two here. (laughs) Be a shame if anything were to happen. Hello and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Guys, we're sitting around the table here with Baron Barnabas, Gorgonbord, Morvan, and Rengar. So, because it's been a while, you guys are going to introduce yourselves and you're going to say name, you're going to say class, you're going to say race, and you're going to tell everybody who your closest relationship is to your character. It can also be nobody if you're that kind of guy. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I'll go first. Well, you go first. Uh, I am playing Rengar the Moonlit. He is a High Elf Ranger 3 Rogue 2 multi-class and by far the closest person, Morvan. Morvan. Yeah. You're up, Morvan. Um, Imagine if he doesn't say you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elf Wizard, level 5, and my closest person in the group would be, of course, Rengar. We've been traveling for many years, so definitely closest. Very good. And then books. And then books. I was going to say Owly, but I thought that'd be too harsh. Yeah. <laughs> you do love Owly. Let's go. I am Gorgonbort, the buckler, half elk. Half elk? <laughs> <laughs> a half orc, uh, barbarian, level five. And uh, my closest, I don't know if it'd be friend, but closest ally, I suppose, would be uh, old mate right here. <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> no, no one can see what you're pointing, Baron yeah, Barnabas. Yeah, it would be uh, Baron super, Barnabas. Be, yeah. Super close, obviously. Not not particularly close to people in general, being a half walk raised by a human tribe and went wayward at the age of 13. Yep, fought with uh, fought with him in a bunch of battles and he seems to keep being there every time we <laughs> survive through it. So, yeah. <laughs> Throwing weapons at each other and probably each other still love each other. That's yeah. great. Baron Barnabas, Goliath, level five. And uh, he's all right when he's not throwing javelins at me. And- <laughs> <laughs> Practicing. And he hits. Yeah. And he hits, yeah. Impaling you on the shoulder. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. So with our introductions over, let's do a little bit of a, a recap. It's been a while since we've played. So last you guys left off, we're in the city of Cadmia and you guys had gotten there because you had a little bit of a time jump being in the spirit-bound tome and a your inmate, so to speak, Delnak the Outcast, Tricked you into allowing him to escape as well. Delnak being a very powerful being, uh, he started to wreak havoc upon the town and you guys had started to make your way through Cadmia to familiarize yourself with your new time and place. From the Wissonian Arcane Institute, you guys had a little bit of a college experience. You won a game of Mage Tower for the college that you're a part of due to a, well, food poisoning scare. (laughs) But you guys were able to win, and as a result, you also ended up doing some research on your quarry, Delnak the Outcast, as you now have one of his journals, Morvan being very, very interested in that. You guys took some time to explore Cadmia, where Gorgonbort decided that he wanted to make the buckler, which was a ladle. <laughs> yeah. Stolen from the Wasonia Institute, made of none other than silver. 
you went to the temple where he would forge that for you, but he said that before he would do so, you needed to perform an act of great valor with said weapon. Uh, you reunited with a very old friend of Rengar's by the name of Arden Cassian, a leader of the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. And he basically explained the situation to you as he knew it and you gave him some information as well. It was very important to him. He told you that in order to defeat this powerful being that had been plaguing the place for however long now, he said that you guys need to go to the dry expanse where there is a rumor that exists that an archaic resides there, an archaic being an extremely powerful and old being. That's all the information that you were given. And with that information and the goal in hand, you guys decided to make your way northwest to Undercliff where you took some time to supply and you awaited the equipment from Braxen, the brother of Rangar, the equipment being the celestial map, the octant and the magnetometer. So those three items being collected by other members of the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild are going to be delivered to you by Braxen. So as we step in, it's been about two days since you guys have left Cadmia, getting your instruction from Arden to find an archaic in the dry expanse. After spending some time in Undercliff, you guys supplied yourselves and are now considering yourselves ready for the journey. After waiting two days for Braxen, to deliver the items required for you to navigate this hellish landscape, you decide to move your way closer to your goal, leaving a message at one of the taverns for Braxton to meet you. So west you go, during the night, you finally find a space to rest for the evening. You all begin to fall into a sleep, Gorgonbort taking the first watch. As rest finds you, Morven, sleep doesn't come easy for you. As you toss and turn on that pinnacle of dream, you finally succumb and you feel yourself falling. As you fall into darkness, your eyes close and then reopen. And as they reopen, you're surrounded by a setting that's unfamiliar to you. Unfamiliar because this isn't where you fell asleep. But as you look around, you notice the architecture similar to that of Cadmia. You're walking through the city streets. You can see people passing you by. You see regular folk giving you strange looks. You watch as you pass into a darkened alley. And you watch as your hands come up to pull a hood over your head. And as they do, you can see that one of your arms is gold. You begin making your way into a cul-de-sac. And as you do... You watch as these three individuals are moving towards a building in front of you. Your heart fills with suspicion and anger as you look at these three. As you watch them curiously, that feeling of anger just intensifies. You watch them, a small halfling, an elven and a grotesque looking druidic human move their way into a building that you know is the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. You slowly walk your way around the cul-de-sac and stand by a set of barrels. And you watch. You feel a tremendous heat emanating from your palms. And as you do, you watch as your hands are thrust forward 
You see this fiery ball of energy move from your hands and into the building and a massive explosion occurs. Your vision is filled with white hot flame. You're shocked awake and you watch as sweat begins to drip off of your face. You look around. Night has fallen. You've returned into the forest environment and you look and see Gorgonbort staring at you. There is a warmth coming from one of your breast pockets. It's only subtle, but you can feel it as you look into the confused eyes of Gorgonbort, the flame illuminating his form. Now I reach into my breast pocket and try to find the source of this heat. You rest your hands on something very familiar to you. You rest your hands on a white sphere, pearlorescent in colour, a sphere you know that you got from Monitus that you had been investigating previously, a family heirloom of someone who you very much mistrust. Can I study it or or that arcane or... Roll an arcana check. 25. So from your investigations previously into this object, you know that it is some sort of necromantic energy associated with it. That's what drew you to it in the first place. But now you know for sure that this has some other properties. It's much more powerful than you initially first thought. But it's almost as if it's... You investigate to a certain point, moving your hands arcanely around it to try and unlock its secrets, but it seems like something is barring you, like a lock or a blockade or something, but there is secrets behind this wall. Probably. So you know as well yeah. um, from previous investigation attempts that it does allow you to cast Animate Dead as well. Mm. But when you were discovering that... So you actually watch Gorgonbort as... Morvan pulls that sphere that you haven't seen for some time out of his pocket and you can see it's got a faint humming glow and then you watch him investigate it in that way while uh, Barnabas and Rengar sleep. Morvan, I'm not feeling too safe with this thing glowing. What's going on? Um, I believe this was uh, possibly some sort of a link to Dalnak. I saw through his eyes. Possibly it's just a dream of the future or something. Um, and I believe this is more than just what we thought it was originally. I dreamt that I saw Dunnak standing in front of the Valiant Odyssey. Rage filled him and he attacked with, I presume, a fireball and saw nothing but flame. As you say that, you both stare into the fire. The night moves on. The cold chill on your brow, Morvan, just starts to really get to you as the breeze comes through this, not forest, but wooded environment. My mind is still obviously on the dream and this orb and its possibilities. I believe the orb was uh, heating up from some sort of a link, maybe of the intense emotion that was felt. That dream you had, did that feel like it's going to happen or it has happened? Valiant Odyssey would be much further away than we could perceive. Yeah, righto. Uh, well, everything seemed okay when we were there, so I'd have to assume that it's still okay now and we keep pushing on. Well, it's too far away for us to do anything anyway, yeah. so it's non-threatening to us at the moment. Uh, roll two more perception checks for me as you're sitting around the fire. I got 19. 12. Gorgonbort, as you're conversing with Morvan... You hear a, stig, a twig snap behind you. 
you take it to mean nothing, but then you start to hear on the breeze like a like a laugh. Shit, what's that? I, I, yeah, I turn around, have a look, get my javelin. As you turn around, javelin Ready. in hand, you focus in and you can hear the distinct sounds. You can't make out words, but it's it sounds like a conversation happening between two different or three different people. And they're laughing? They're laughing. You can't <clears> make out words, but you can hear just that lull of conversation amongst the breezes. It's just so quiet out here. But, and you can look into the forest ahead of you and there's a couple of different trees and smattering. You don't see any light, but you can just hear something coming from that direction. Morvan, I don't think we're alone. I don't think we're alone here. I think there's people and they're laughing. Can you hear them? I can now. Uh, can I send Ali to have a bit of a scout while we wake up the other two? So Gorgonbord, you go and wake up Barnabas and Rengar. As Morvan, you create this spell and watch as this void happens in front of your eyes. You then watch as Ali... <laughs> jets out from it and you begin seeing through his senses perception with advantage for Ali 18 so as you fly over the and between the trees you watch as you weave and duck through these branches you can see that there is some long grass below you and your vision is almost clarified by this owl's night vision basically you move towards the sound of uh, the conversation which you now hear to be in a language that you may or may not understand but you hear it's it's almost guttural and it's like almost animalistic in its way. And you can see now that there are three individuals perched upon this cliff side and you can see them conversing with each other. And you watch as one sort of punches the other in the chest and you can see that one seems to be like holding his hands out in a way and pointing back in a northern sort of direction. And you watch as they're sort of arguing over this thing. As you look at them and you get close and you perch Ali onto a nearby branch, you can see that these three individuals are gnolls. You can see their hyena-like form. You can see this mane and tuft on one of their necks. You can see that one of them's holding a hefty spear. The other one's got a bow on their back. And you can see that they're sort of bickering like these hyenas sort of do. And you can see that they're kind of fighting verbally. Uh, they're pointing to the north. Is that where Undercliff was or is it? Undercliff is to your, well, southwest now because you headed north. Yeah. Uh, so they're not pointing to Undercliff? No, if anything, they're pointing to the north of, of Undercliff. Mm. So I'll bring Ali back to me uh, and I'll relay this. Uh, Rangar and Gorgonbord, everyone would now be awake. Yep. So I relay this to everyone and say, do we want to... Uh, does does anyone like they speak? know where we are? Or are they just... Uh, are, are they... They're pointing the opposite they direction They seem oblivious. So All right. does anyone speak no? Does anyone in history know, are these, can they be reasoned with or are they just you know, things to be? I would probably have come across and been soldier background, I'd imagine. Do you yeah, absolutely have roll, before. Yeah, can I roll something to see how much You I would know. know. Um, these are very territorial. They can be very vicious and uh, rampant when they want to be. They usually hunt in packs that are bigger than three. Yeah. But for the rest of you, you guys can roll history checks if you want to. How, how many are usually in a pack, Ranga? Is this something we need to just forget about? Or? Around 10 generally. Okay. So, so three would be like a scanning party would or they something be, to that uh, extent. The, the kind of um, the territorial, well, we don't know where the territory is. We're obviously getting close to it. Do we need to just try and slip past them or is this something we need to... If it was a pack of three and if it was a scouting party and there's usually around 10, it would make sense to try and isolate the three and Take eliminate them. But all again, right. does anyone speak null? Could we possibly no. capture, right. not interrogate? Any at all. Mm. We could probably 
try and interrogate one, but we would probably just get. I feel like a uh, a half orc and uh, Goliath. Um, I, I I will go with Rangar's on always, this one. I'm I'm happy to start yelling and get their attention. We could always follow them to see where they go, but mm. that runs the risk then of us. Well, they were bickering from, and from, pointing north, so okay. they may be discussing where to go. They may uh, we don't know. That's why uh, interrogation possible. What were your history rolls? Ten. Nat twenty. Duh. Twelve. Uh, oh, eight. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Rengar, as you discuss what to do uh, with this situation, with these knolls that seem to be present in your area, uh, you recall some townsfolk in the in the tavern that you were spending time with in Undercliff talk about some knoll raids that were occurring. That's like a constant problem in Undercliff. These knolls are just constantly attacking this village and a hero called Halrod used to run a militia that prevented them from being part of the community nuisance. But since he sort of left, they've started a bit of an uprising again and whispers of a knoll used to be spoken about a lot. You know that the townsfolk that were talking about it seemed pretty apprehensive about it. And you also remember with your natural 20, they, they said that their numbers are growing. There seems to be more of them now. Uh, but from what Morvan told you, there's only three. And none of them look like authoritarian. They kind of, from what you have relayed, Morvan, they, they kind of all looked like they were squabbling, which is not, it didn't present as if one was a leader. There was like three that were mm. fighting with each other. But you remember this historically about the town that they're, they're a constant threat to Undercliff. Yeah, so I, I would have relayed that to the, the three and um, probably said, you know, we've got a much larger task at hand to undertake, so we either got to make the decision of do we want to put these vermin down, put them down, or do we want to see what's going on if we can, or do we want to try and progress I think further? try and take these three down quietly and then just see what happens then. If, the, if, if more rock up, then we'll reassess if we can try and stay... I'm not so quiet and I don't see very well in the dark. Yep. I, well, I see you very well in the dark, so we should be okay. <laughs> I'm more thinking that if this is leading to a raid on Undercliff, on yeah. our way back, we may not want to see a raided village. Yeah, I'd agree too. Plus there might be a lot more when we get back. So. Yeah. yeah. If we could um, stamp this out sooner than I later. I suppose. Let's uh, fury these bastards up. I agree. Are we I doing this silently? Because as soon as you say no, I'm going to start yelling. Well, I, would, I would suggest if we yell, will they run though, or will they fight? Uh, I, well, what if at least to try and slow them? And I think we do have too because we may be uh, spread out, and yeah, I think Gorgon Ball can idea. make some noise. Yeah, they may yeah, think there's only one definitely. and go, "This is easy prey." Like, uh, and then I agree. Ambush. Yeah, I'm maybe in the forest. I've two, only got an axe. No, yeah, no, no. if you, if you two just like <laughs> carry along, then maybe Morvan and I try and flank. Do you have a red hood? <laughs> uh, I don't have my uh, disguise yeah. kit. <laughs> I, I think it's a good, good idea. Yeah, you guys be the distraction and act yeah, like stumble through the forest. drunken, quobbling. Fuck, that's whatever. a good idea. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, go hide, tree boy. <laughs> tree boy, is you guys all hide. get inspiration. Good plan. Yes. Okay. So as you initiate this plan, you watch as one of you stamps out the fire with your boot. You watch then as Gorgonbort and Baron Barnabas begin making their way in a north north westerly direction to try and create a distraction as Morvan and Rengar move stealthily to set up their position. Morvan and Rengar, can you please roll stealth with advantage? Gorgonbort and Baron Barnabas. 21. Okay. So you watch as Morvan and Rengar begin disappearing into the foliage. You watch as 
they sort of scout past one of the trees in the direction toward these knolls. Barnabas and Gorgonbord, can you please both roll a performance check, please? Or one of you can roll it with advantage because the other would be assisting. That is a good roll to start with. It's an 18. Five, so 21. All right. So how do you guys act in order to distract these individuals? Do you want to act uh, clueless or drunk? Or both. Lo que no les does. All right. Sweet. Um, well, we just, I think we just start walking with, I've got my, I think I've got an axe. So I'll just chuck the axe on the back as if we're going out. Doing yeah. some late night drunken timber lumbering. Yeah. And I've got a, a water flask that I'm going to pretend is a wine flask. Yep. And uh, we'll be staggering, <laughs> staggering through. Uh, all right. Dude, where's <laughs> the wood? Let's go chop some fucking wood. I am ready. Well, it's just us two here. <laughs> be a shame if anything were to happen. Oh, my God. Uh, as you guys. This tree will do. <laughs> as you guys begin stumbling, you start hacking into this, this tree. You watch as Barnabas is swigging on his cup uh, and the performance is actually like, for you two, Morvan and Rengar, you look at it and it's like, that is absolutely horrible. <laughs> but there's almost like a nuanced art to it. Like they've they've done this before and they're recalling something from the past. <laughs> as you get closer, Rengar and Morvan, you watch as these three individuals still continue to bicker in their, their native tongue. But as you get closer, they they stop. They look in a particular direction toward your companions and you hear them say in common, one of them says in common, he's been killed. This territory is up for grabs. We could, or the three of us, we could just go in and take control of the pack and then Undercliff will be ours. And you look at the other one who's like a little bit more cowardly and he says, we can't do it. it, it there were too few and we were almost destroyed last time we took. You remember you got that scar and you look and you can see this massive scar on his arm and he says yeah but he's gone now he's been taken out hasn't he couple of heroes from Undercliff that's what I hear anyway and you watch as they hear this noise and it's like what's that and then you look at the other one who's been sitting silent and says well from what I hear it's two drunk people that want to cut some wood over there and I you thought watch- I told you to sharpen the axe <laughs> <laughs> you watch as they say it is sharp looks like some Easy pickings. And you watch as they begin to draw their scimitars and they both signal to the third one and they begin silently moving in the direction of Gorgonbort and Barnabas. Do we, um, as they are moving in, do we hear them? Like, do we do we notice? You two probably <clears throat> don't, but Morvan yeah. and Rangar absolutely do and you're tracking their every beat. You watch as they fan out, one through the middle, two on either side of their current position from where you can see Barnabas and also uh, Gorgon board. And you watch did as we, they're sort of pincering almost. Did we clock the third one's weapon? You said, uh, are they all scimitars? All scimitars. One has a bow on the back as well though. Okay. The, the, the second they get close enough uh, that we can then hear them, I'm going to uh, get rid of the axe and use the Chieftain's Fury because it seems to not be working as more of a, to let them know that we're heavily armored as well. Okay. So. See what they do. You two can roll perception checks as well. You'll have disadvantage, uh, Barnabas, because you can't see in the dark. So two. I've worn my helmet wrong and I can't see anything. <laughs> okay. So you actually do hear one of them because he rolled a natural one, but you can only hear and clock <clears throat> the position of one of them. And it seems like there's one probably about 15 feet to your your left Barnabas and you can see a small shrub with a tree sort of overhanging 
and in there as the moon sort of parts from behind a cloud you can see these two yellow eyes and then it suddenly just sort of dips away can uh if morvin's watching this when they get within reasonable range can i cast uh, as a hurled action dancing lights to light it up for the guys and try to yep. basically ping them very- so i'll say that you've held that spell <clears throat> and your stealth checks will will stand rengar and and morvin as you begin creeping closer the intent is that you guys are within 15 20 feet or so so you, once you see that obviously we're yeah attacking just so that yeah. you guys don't get uh stabbed in the back in the dark basically yeah. well we know one is but at, at least we know there's three yeah like we know there's three yeah. but you, you know there's is. three but you can only see one yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, i'm gonna i'm gonna say when i i'm gonna um flare hunter's mark as soon as i see them go to attack okay. the largest one the All biggest right. one yep so the one that had the pretty big scar that was sort of in, wanting to initiate the attack on or the, the leadership movement in, in their null pack, you watch as he sort of begins to signal the other one with the bow and you watch as he silently knocks this creaky-looking bow and he pulls back this arrow in the night and you watch as he's looking down the sights towards Gorgonbort and Barnabas and as he does that, you watch as the other two sort of brandish their scimitars ready to strike and it's at that moment you watch as Rangar's Hunter's Mark flares. You watch as the dancing lights from Morven just illuminate this clearing area and at that we'll get you guys to roll initiative. So as you watch this Knoll draw a bow and these spells explode, you now can see perfectly uh, Baron Barnabas. What does your uh, dancing lights look like, by the way, Morven? Uh, they just look like three spheres of white light just floating above each of their heads. Oh, four spheres, I should say. Yep. You actually get to go first, Morvan, followed by Rengar. So Morvan is going to clock the largest one and just shoot a good old firebolt. 24 to hit. That's nine damage. So the jig being up, you watch as this firebolt has apparated into Morvan's hand. It hits this knoll directly square into the back. His shoulders sort of arc together and he turns around and he says in uh, knollish, he just echoes this war cry through the forest. You watch as like crows move from a nearby tree. What I was worried about. <laughs> and at that, oh. we, do you have a bonus action or anything you want to do? I just want to make sure I then move back into three quarter cover or yep. scoot around a tree or something. So you move back around the tree that you were hiding behind before. Yeah, yeah. And they still don't know where you guys are. I feel like I've given away my position. <laughs> that's see you two, and that's see me. I, they wouldn't know Rangar's there yet. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, Rangar, you're up now. Maybe. <laughs> So it's going to suck for this big guy because uh, we have Hunter's Mark flaring. We also would have, I assume, Sneak Attack. You would. And I also have Dread Ambusher as well. You would. So that's that three, and I'll take my longbow and go for a... Roll your attack. Crack. That'd be a 23. That's a hit. So 26 points of damage. Beautiful. What does it look like as you slay this foe without him drawing a single shot? Wow. Let's just say that arrow passes as he yells. The arrow passes through the back of his head, and all you see is this <laughs> with the arrow. Nice, yeah, beautiful the work. Yes, and the echo of his war cry suddenly stops in the night as he falls to the floor. Some fur on his back still smoldering. You guys smell it in your nostrils. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, bonus action. Yes, yeah. roll your stealth check for hide with advantage. That is a twenty-six <clears throat> with advantage. Twenty-six. <laughs> all right, you're up, Gorgonbot. I'm going to rage straight up. Yep. Um, and then I will a fair distance away, so I will draw a javelin and uh, throw the first one. First one of season two. Roll your javelin. <laughs> oh, 15. 15 is going to be a hit. A. 10. Nice. 
So you'd look at both of your targets. You can see one has a short sword, but one's up on this ridge aiming a bow down at you and uh, Baron Barnabas, and you're like, that fucker. So you throw your javelin, and as you do, you hit him directly into the chest, and you pierce him pretty much onto the tree, and you watch as he pulls the javelin out of your shoulder, throws it to the ground, and just cackles like a hyena in your direction. Ten damage done to him. Mm. Bonus action spent with your rage. Would you like to move? Yep. It looks like there is a like a rock face in front of me. Is that is that actually high or it's just gravel or? Uh, it is, is a rock face. It will probably take difficult terrain to move through because no, it's not I'm a high not... one. You can step over it. Pretty okay. Much. I just wanted to get behind it just so if that bow fella wants to go again, he can't can't hit. You me. can go up to it and then like back yourself up against it like old World, World War One trench style if um, you wanted to, or I can get in someone's face. Let's do that. I'm going to run over this fella. Keep in mind as well, you're level five. You have two attacks, so you can literally run to him and hit I'm him. I'm going to run to him and hit him then, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so you throw a javelin as you're running a free action to draw another weapon. I will draw my Chieftain's Fury. Yeah. Oh. And, and smack. Um, I'll go for probably uh, Earth Shatter. Ooh, we're going for it. What's Ouch. his save for that? Um, the save for he it. He gets a natural 20. Oh. Ah. Well, <laughs> so takes half damage. Okay, so roll your damage for that. So, so 13. 13, nice. Uh, how, isn't it? Oh, half. He, he takes half, yeah. Yep. As you hit the ground, you watch as this eruption occurs and you can see orange flares of light just begin to emerge from the cracked rock. And as it hits him, you watch as he sort of braces himself, uh, pulls off his shield just in time for him to sort of brace from most of the impact. And you watch as you've taken most of his attention now. Uh, that brings us to their turn. The one with the bow is going to fire a shot off at the biggest threat, which seems to be Gorgon board at the moment. And both of those will probably hit. It's a 20 and a 21. Yeah. So you will suffer 13 points of damage. Cool. As he slings and knocks an arrow, fires it, and then he quick rapidly fires another. And as he does that, you watch as he then will turn to run away. And I'm raging. Is that half? Uh, it is because it's piercing damage. He's attempted to run away, so you you can use your reaction for an attack of opportunity if you'd like to. Sweet, I will. Uh, it's a regular swing if you want to do that. Just like a one-handed, uh, what's what's a re- just like a normal you, attack? Or a normal attack, yeah. So okay. you'll be able to plus whatever the bonus is for your Chieftain's Fury. Oh, so I can use that? Yeah. Yep. All right, sweet. Probably like a 24. That'll hit. Yeah. So roll your damage. So 10. So he's still alive, but you watch as you smack him across the ankles as he begins running and he stumbles a little bit, but he continues to run away down the road and you hear him like yipping like a hyena does as he runs away. Uh, The next one, this one here is going to attack you before he runs away, but he's going to make some melee strikes with his scimitar and then run. So your attack will still stand. Uh, That's a natural one and a 14. 14? I'm 15, so no. All right, so he goes to slash at you twice, misses, Cowers like a dog does and then runs away. So that's your attack of opportunity there. Both of them now starting to run. Morvan and Rengar, you see both of them move from their positions to begin to flee. Uh, that then brings us to Baron Barnabas's turn. Okay, I've got hand axes. So it's 55 feet. Uh, you can move 30 yeah. and then throw 20, I believe, without disadvantage. So and close to one, I suppose, has got uh, cover. But... He's got com- complete cover pretty much, yeah, as he's in the thicket. All right, well, I'll go for the... Better one away. And so you draw your hand axe, you begin running toward the uh, individual. He had no chance. Oh, 23. Got him. Where are you damage? And eight damage. How do you kill him? It just slices his leg off. Just, he's, he's <laughs> <laughs> they're, so, they're so fragile. <laughs> so you watch as this extremely sharp axe just begins 
shining through the moonlight, just end over end, and as it hits him directly into the the fire yep, muscle, fire, yep, it just shears straight through. Completely shears straight through, and you watch as he's running, he just lops sides and falls over. <laughs> And you watch as he's holding his leg, just like holding just onto it, screaming. Just a squirt of blood up into the air. Yeah. <laughs> Two or three of those. And the fountains. Yeah. So good. Uh, and at that, there seems to be only one left. And it brings us to the top of the round, Morvin. Unless you wanted a second attack. Can I throw two X? Yes, you can. Yeah, but be very, I can't see the it's other one. Extremely, it's going to be extremely difficult to throw yeah. through all that bush, but you can try. You look and line up this knoll. You can see him sort of like pushing his way through the bushes as best he can. I can hear him and I can. The, I know the light's over him, so I know where to aim. So I, yep. I think my axe can go through a leg. It can go through some bush. Go for it. So you try and line this up perfectly. The mass equation's going through your head. has a massive axe that <laughs> yeah. cuts through the bushes. <laughs> you do this like this heft like backwards and forwards like Jason Momoa throwing an axe at a target. The power you need to get through a bush with an axe. Yeah. All right, roll your attack. And, I've, and I've, I missed and hit the ground in front of myself. I was just I was just too keen on the calculations. <laughs> and I was ready for it. And I leaned back and just dropped the axe. I was just, I was just too excited. <laughs> As you drop the axe, being too excited over the uh, fallen enemy before you, that brings us then to Morvin's turn. The only thing running through my head is I can't do a non-lethal fireball bolt. Fireball, can I? Oh, no. Ah, fuck it. Let's uh, kill some uh, doggies. Feel good, man. Tell me more. His AC will increase due to cover because he's halfway pushing through the bush at the moment. Does his AC increase beyond 23? It does not. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, I need glasses or some shit. Uh, seven damage. Seven damage? That kills him too. So what does it look like as you set him on fire? Um, I just want to uh, fire this fireball, but I just want to um, light up his butt. So it's like a wadi coyote <laughs> where he jumps in the air, legs up, and his hands on his... Uh, yeah, nice, nice. Oh. You watch as he bounces along, uh, the smoke sort of following him as he does so, and he eventually just falls over dead and his whole body just stops for a second and then just (laughs) 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 turns to dust. All right, with that, you watch as silence falls through the party. We're ready for the after-action report. I think we might have used a few too many uh, limited cooldown abilities on some... Look, they were were quite weak. So what would you guys like to do as you... Finish this off now. Uh, did uh, we all hear what they said about? Um, yeah, he said it in common. No, no, but were we all within range, or was that just bonus and more more than on Rengar heard yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so we knew that they were just yeah. they they were just going to try and take over the other pack of gnolls, correct? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So because so we've just eliminated is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Underbite's dead. Yeah. So, so we know they're in disrepute. So you know it seems like there's quabbling packs yeah. of gnolls floating around Which here. Makes us think there's a bit more time than we thought. It's not yeah. a army Direct coming. Threat, it's, yeah. They're going to squabble amongst themselves for some time. Is and more than thinking. Assuming that you guys relayed this if to not, me. Yeah, there um, do I we, agree, yeah. Do we know of Harrod within? Yeah. We, didn't you say you, we you probably do. Yeah. So yeah. we know he's a part of Valiant Odyssey and yep. we heard them say. or oh, He didn't you, mention any any sort of. No, no, but you said before that Harrod was in a militia. And yeah. So would we possibly thinking that maybe Harrod killed oh. under Blight and he or retired to? Yeah, yeah, you can draw that assumption if you want to. Yeah. yeah. Can yep. we do a quick looty McLoot of all these three and see what they've got? You may. Roll your investigation check. Out of curiosity, have any been uh, burnt to just a skeleton? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Eight. Eight. As you look through them, you can get their general weapons off of them, two scimitars and a longbow. One of them's only got like six arrows left on him. 
one of them has a like a human looking skull that seems to be pretty old. That's all you get. Yeah. It's almost like a talisman or a trophy or something. So as you begin going through these Knoll's belongings and the rest of your party reconvene, Ranga, you start to get a little bit sort of carried away with the loot. And as you begin to douse into one of the, the pockets of these Knoll's, you feel this feeling of cold steel on your neck. Well, I'm, I'm assuming I'm down rummaging through it. Yep. My hand quickly slips to my blade, my right hand, and I, and I just laugh and I say, ah, is that you, Braxton? He looks at you and says, no hefty movements, brother. You're too easy to sneak up on these days. And then at that, my little dagger tip just pokes him up under the rib cage. Hey. <laughs> you watch as he takes the, the blade away. You hear it getting sheathed and you watch as he opens his arms. Is he taller or shorter than you? Taller. So he'll embrace you in a massive bear hug. And as you look at him, you can see that he has this pretty long beard. You can see armor pretty well made. That's sort of these green hues. You can also see his hair and a big uh, ponytail that's similar to yours. Some scarring on his face, but you can also see that he has a hefty longbow quivered to the side and well-traveled boots. Young brother, young brother, we've been waiting. Yeah, I was uh, I was held up. You know how Arden likes to talk. But so, anyway. So we all see him? Yeah. Are introductions made or do we know who he is? Or Yeah. I guess you say that. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I, 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 come, you come, come, come meet similar. my friends. Come meet my friends. <laughs> and uh, I introduce him. I say, uh, this is Baron Barnabas, Gorgon Bort and Morvan. You watch as he moves over to all of you and each one of you puts two hands on your shoulders and gives you a nod. And as he gets to you, he, he goes for a forearm shake, um, Baron Barnabas, for you. As he looks towards all of you, he says, so you're the rowdy lot that my brother's been hanging around with. So is it Braxton the late or? <laughs> no, it's Braxton the bastard. The bastard, okay. And I guess you are Morvan the cheeky. Some will call me cheeky, yes. Well, or an I have some gifts for you. I've been asked to deliver some things to you because you're going on a quest, it seems. That would be correct, yeah. young brother. Do you have any food? I'm fucking starving. Haven't yeah. eaten since breakfast. There's, there's three dead gnolls over there. You can. You eat gnoll? <laughs> Occasionally, when it calls. Brotherly You lie. said you were hungry, so. It's fresh. It's mm. half roasted as well. <laughs> he points through the thicket and he says, that, that's your donkey over there, right? Yes. Calm down, I'm not going to eat it. And you watch as he goes rummaging through some of the packs. He pulls out a ration and he sits down where your campfire was and he starts eating. You hear him just chewing in the night as the four of you are left looking at this figure. He looks over his shoulders as you guys are looking at him. He says, what's <laughs> good? And he looks at you all. Don't mind him, gents. He's always like this. You don't want to cook that first. <laughs> it's a ration Can pack, isn't it? Move and go over, pull up a seat next to him and say, well, uh, did you travel from Undercliff or did you come from that way? I, I got there. Did I you? was uh, supposed to wait there for some adventurers that my father sent me. Uh, they were going to give me some objects to give to you. The heroes that came and gave me the items for you, they seemed like they were on a mission of their own. What were it? their names? The, the I didn't names. really catch their names. I didn't talk to them much, but there was a short, stumpy, dwarven fellow, long, well-kept beard. They interrupted me while I was at my meal, so no pleasantries were really exchanged, but they seemed like good fellows. You work for... You work for Dad now. <laughs> I don't think these gents knew about that, but yes, yes. 
the cat's out of the bag, it seems. <laughs> well, there you go. Yes, no, I visited him. We've had our own questing to be done and uh, it's been an interesting sort of path so far. So, yeah, we're on our way through to the dry expanse now, actually. So we definitely need those tools that you've got. He doesn't speak to us much about that, uh, that side of it. We haven't yeah, gotten well, to that part of the friendship yet. Yeah, if you if you can hear from his name, <laughs> the bastard, it's 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 an interesting story, that's for sure. Yes, it is a moniker I hold with great pride. But there's no bad blood within our family. We're quite close. Besides, not seeing when each other. When he doesn't hold a blade to my throat, yes. Well, you shouldn't be easy to sneak up on, brother. <laughs> that is very true. He's just uh, taught well, keeping you on your toes. I mean, even Morven got better. Uh, <laughs> Uh, initiative and some better stuff. You're a bit rusty, I agree. Does he always talk about himself in the third person? <laughs> always, always. He always says he's got initiative and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's all this rolling and this clatter every time he attacks. It's really weird. So tell me, your, these fancy devices that I've been asked to give you, what's your quest? Where are you going? What has Father got you doing? Well, as we said, we're, we're off to the dry expanse and we are... We're chasing uh, the God Spire, actually. We're God Spire. Never heard of the God Spire. You mean the Sky Spire? Sky Spire. Sorry. Yes. Well, the Sky Spire, the last bastion before the the Dry Expanse. You're heading there. Yes. And you intend to go into the Dry Expanse. We are fully prepared, You're as fools. you can see. Ready to go. Until you ate one of our rations, we were fully prepared. Well, I apologize, but uh, I'm gonna be take it as a tax for not killing you earlier. <laughs> You better hope we're back in 29 What days. information can you give us, young brother, about the Dry Expanse? Have you been in these parts before? I'm not a, not foolish enough to have travelled to the Dry Expanse, but I've heard stories. They say it was created by the breath of dragon from the days of the Great God's War. Absolutely decimated the entire landscape. Nothing grows there anymore. Have you been? Never. I just said that. You're kind of from there. Have yeah. you been? Yeah, I've been. Roll a deception <laughs> or a persuasion check. Have you? Uh, have I? Uh, I would have. Um, I left at 13 wandering around possibly. Uh, yeah, of course I've been there. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I got A6. He looks at you, raises an eyebrow up and down. He says, the orcs from the dry expanse would eat you alive. Gorgon bought the bullshitter. <laughs> You wait. We all chuckle. He looks to you all and he says, some of the most deadliest foes reside in the dry expanse. It's a harsh environment, so only the harsh survive. And I don't mean personality-wise. Looks towards Rengar. He says, if you're going, there better be a very good reason for you to risk your lives for something that seems so folly. The biggest of reasons. There's... Have you heard any tales of from dad about the, um, your dad, not my dad. Remember that. You can call him dad if you want to. <laughs> He'd love that. Um, tales of Dalnak the outcast. Oh, yes. And then the resurrection or Father did talk about Dalnak. Yeah, so we, we have something to do with that. And we so. need to fix it. Yes, Father told me that you uh, <laughs> of course, found your way into a bedtime story and upon your way out you made a new friend. Yes. Yes, he's, he's a lovely fellow. This being, I can see why this might be your responsibility to fix, but you shouldn't let guilt drive you into an early grave. 
It's definitely not guilt. But uh, I would ask of you, are you up for an adventure, young brother? Can you tag along or have you got other things you need well, to do? Well, it depends how much you're going to pay me. A sword like <laughs> mine is worth quite a bit in these parts. Of course, of course. Well, we can pay you in food because uh, we've got enough for four people and you've already taken one. You're not going to let that go, are you? He <laughs> uh, gets hungry no, a lot. I eat a lot. I guarantee you that if I go on this quest, I'll be able to catch enough for you and your party to eat so you don't have to eat this shit. Throws it on the ground. <laughs> I thought you said for thirty uh, days. <clears throat> I thought, yeah, it's meant to be the dry expanse. There's nothing out there. All right. I mean, what do you want? I have a job to do. I told father that I would deliver these objects to you. And he reaches into his pack, and you watch as he takes out a map casing, hands you a, like a scroll from a map casing. You watch as he also hands you this device that looks like it can be held in the palm of your hand. It's golden and you can see spools around it that seem to be moving in a very particular way. And in the middle of it, you can see this red arcane jewel that seems to be sort of powering it. And you can see arcane marks around the edge. And those of you that are familiar with a regular compass, you can also see cardinal directions on the frame of it. So he puts that down onto the, one of the stumps as well. And then he pulls out this device that looks like a navigating uh, sextant. And you can see that there is this emblazoned sun put upon it. You can see a small telescope that seems to be protruding through it and a uh, angled device with a boom arm that sort of swings. Both of these devices seem to be about, they can fit into the palm of your hand. And he sets the three down and he says, apparently these three things are supposed to help you survive or at least know exactly where you are when you die. What are these three, three things called? The sextant, the map, the compass. Yeah, there we go. He says, well, this father told me was the the astrological map of the Dry Expanse. It was gifted by somebody called Wainwright at the Wissonia Institute or something like that. This magnetometer was created by somebody there as well, nerdy fellow, glasses, horns. And this one here is the, the Octant. Father's had this for years. Um, now that I've seen the map, am I remembering certain parts of the areas maybe? You take it out and you unscroll it and you can see that the map appears to be of the dry expanse and you can see that there are various different places upon it that seem to be marked out. As you look at the writing on it, it seems to be scrawled on in a very childlike way almost, you can see, uh, or or at least like, a, like someone who's not familiar with the penmanship of common. Mm. You can see that it looks like a very barren landscape and you can see that the the area seems to house a lot of open space. Uh, as you look at it as well, one place draws your eye. It's a massive gulch in the middle of the map that seems to be darkened and it's labeled an early grave. As you look at that, um, you know that that is actually That's sort it. of in a similar location to where a place by the name of Guz Ragok is supposed to be. Mm. Um, in Orkish, if any of you speak Orkish. Yeah, I do. Um, so you, Gorgon, bought, as this information is coming into your mind, you know that that's called uh, Guz Ragok, and it's in common, translates to the pit of slaughter. Mm. And it's home to the uh, Shiguan tribe of orcs, which you're not a part of, but they're supposed to be orcs not bloodthirsty yeah they're yeah. orcs yep yeah. and i would have heard 
I would have heard of that area being. You would have heard about it, whether you. Maybe not gone there, but definitely know of it. Yeah. Yeah. If you've spent any time around orcs, they all know about Guzragok. It is the pride of uh, orcish culture. So you might not know why, but you know that that place is always mentioned and it is always um, profoundly mentioned amongst your kind. Yep. So as you look at it, it's called an early grave, but you know that it's kind of might be labeled wrong or yeah, whoever made it didn't know, know orcish. Was, yeah. yeah. So Gorgonbot's spending some time looking at this uh, map as the rest of you sort of intricately look at the other devices. Braxton looks at you, Morvan, and says, you seem like the uh, the one that's going to be able to read these. And he hands you this folded up piece of paper. And as you grab it from the top, you watch as it just like <laughs> folds down into this set of instructions that just hits the floor and keeps going. Apparently that's how you use this device. Excellent. I do like to read. I'm glad. Maybe it'll keep you quiet for a while. I read aloud, actually. Chatterbox. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you. <laughs> Where did you dig up this old fossil? <laughs> Been traveling with me for a long time. Just remember, little brother, you're only half an elf. Yes, and half your age. Yeah, more than half my age. It's starting to show. <laughs> Definitely is showing. So what do you know of this other than what you've already told us? Is there any more information you can give us or? Of the dry expanse? Yeah. Well, there's legends and stories and. Enlighten us. We're at the campfire, young brother. Well, apart from the one I just told you, this is supposed to have been one of the major battlefields of the great God's War. It is where they say Auburn, the God of War and Death, did most of his fighting against the Titans. It is also the battlefield that he left. And the Sky Spire, where you're heading, is where he dropped his blades. Bid farewell to the battlefield. That's not at this uh, top section here that says Sky Sword, is it? Is that somewhere different? That may be it. Um, Seems like a very <clears throat> innocent way to describe the Sky Spire. The Sky Spire is what is called amongst the Empire. It resides on this continent. So whoever made that map is probably not a part of the Empire and has labeled the map in a way that suits them. Where are we in relation to we're not on, we're not here yet. Where are we in relation to it? What's, do you know where we are? You uh, are further west. You are just on the outskirts of Undercliff and you're probably a day or so's ride away from the Sky Spire. But it'll be a swift journey with me to guide you. At the very least, brother, I will take you to the Sky Spire. I guess I will decide upon the way whether I continue my journey with you there. I'll assess whether you're foolish, mad, both, or actually onto something. It sounds like a plan to me. How you uh, how have you gone with the other half of the puzzle? I haven't been able to figure it out yet, Neither. but I still have the blade. Neither have I. Has it ever changed shape? Anything? He looks and he says, he shakes his head. He says, still the same shard of a thing it was when it was given to us. Mm. Yes. Well, we must find a master craftsman. Indeed. Indeed. Perhaps after all this is done, can be motivation for you to survive. Once your obligation to this Delnak the Outcast is complete. I'm sure there'll be further obligations to fulfill. It is a good thing to be selfless, but make sure you also do what's in your best interests, brother. 
I just nod. He looks at you all and he says, we should probably get some rest. We want to make haste upon the morning. I'll take first watch. Perhaps he should take first watch. He's got a lot of reading to do. And some corpses to mull over. We only need four hours, so I'm sure he'll stay up with me for a bit and we'll swap. He gives a nod and he says, well, you guys don't mind if I... Yeah, take a ration. He moves over to <laughs> one. No, he moves over to one of the bedrolls, uh, and he just there's four of them, and he just lies down in one of them and starts to go to sleep. You watch as he puts his bow down, he rests his hands on top of his chest, and he looks around the fire and he says to you, "I hope you all don't mind. I'm a terrible snorer." And he closes his eyes. I think he's very much like he's he's uh, very much like you, mate. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> And I'm I prettier. Know. I know. <laughs> Morvan goes over, sits next to him and starts reading the instructions aloud. So <laughs> that's my bedside. You don't mind if I'm close to you. Sorry, I'm a loud reader. <laughs> as you do that, you watch as he draws a blade and he says, I also have night terrors. <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> Morvan shuffles on then. Smart choice. You watch as he boots it. As you begin reading, uh... Morvan, roll a investigation check. Uh, 12 plus 7, 19. Okay, so whilst reading the map, this will definitely give you a better chance of navigating the dry expanse. So any, mechanically, any survival checks after you've studied it now will gain you you a plus 2 if you're using survival to navigate in the area. To get the right direction. You look at the magnetometer and you can see that it pretty much looks like an arcane compass. And as you look at it and manage its arcane properties, you can see that it almost has like a negation aspect to it. It's it's almost like it's able to read arcane fields and pull you closer to them or actually, actually be able to show cardinal direction in places where electromagnetic energy might be high or arcane signatures might mess with the actual normal compass for reading. And as you look at it, it's kind of like it wasn't really designed to be used in the dry expanse. It's almost as if it was designed to locate or maneuver through fields of high arcane energy, but it can serve the purpose that you're looking for as well. Okay. So its magnet is high arcane forces, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it does that, but it also... It allows you to point a true cardinal direction in an arcane field or in a magnetically sensitive place. So it's a compass that works where a compass would not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as you look at the octant as well, you can see that it is a device that you can see that seems to channel energy from a celestial body and it channels it into light energy. So you can actually capture astral energy with the telescope portion of it. And as you sort of look it up to the stars, you watch as the moonlight sort of shines through one end and you watch as the device sort of moves around a little bit and you flick a few switches and you watch as the arcane light, almost like a torch, sort of pushes out as well uh, from that energy. Uh, And as you look at that as well, you know that this device is also used to calculate the distance from the horizon to a celestial body in the sky. So it can be used to find your exact longitude and latitude. Yep. Um, So both navigational tools, they will take some practice to use properly. But 
with your investigation check, I'll say that with the map, you sort of, it gets a little bit dark where you are and you move the astral light that you've sort of captured over the map just to get some torchlight. And as you do, you can see like a secondary layer, almost like a blue light's been shined onto the map and you can actually see different things on the map now. As you look at it and you shine this astral light over it, you can see that there seems to be constellations of stars that seem to be positioned above specific aspects of the dry expanse. It's almost as if this map has also mapped the stars above the dry expanse to give you a secondary means of navigation astrologically. Would I be able to see those stars through the octant or is it purely for... You can if you use the octant and you can also... So for an example on how to use the octant, you can use the telescopic part to look at a celestial body that you can see on the map and find it and you can see how far away you are from it and where you are in relation to it. Yep, yep, yep. So if you use the astrological light on the map, instead of getting a plus two to survival, you get to get a uh, plus five. And using the magnetometer as well will allow you to roll with advantage. So potentially you get a plus five to navigation and advantage if with these devices. Thank you, members of the Valiant Odyssey, mm. for getting these devices for them. <laughs> so yeah, a night of hefty study for you as the rest of you rest. You can benefit from a long rest. Can I use that uh, these things and give those advantages to someone else in the party or it has to be me to roll survival? You've done the study for it. Mm. So those benefits probably only apply to you for right. the moment, but you can instruct somebody yep. and they can roll with disadvantage while they're learning. Yep. And once they've tried it a few times, unless they read it, yeah, yep. then they can benefit like you have. So at the moment, just you. Yeah. Like, so with the with those checks as well, for a navigation check, I'll allow you to either use, with these devices, yeah. I'll allow you to either use survival or arcana. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Definitely oh, yeah. survival for me. Definitely arcana for yeah. me. <laughs> In these areas as well, as all of you would know, traveling through a place that is as deadly as this is environmentally and uh, with the things that are in there, getting lost is almost a death sentence. So yeah. these are... Vital tools. Yeah. And as you read the last little section, Morvan, you just hear this. <laughs> and you look over and Braxton's there just like, <clears throat> snoring. Mm. Uh, would you still be awake, awake Ringer? Uh, yeah, I would have been waiting to. I'd look to you and ask, you know, like, how have you been feeling? Because obviously I'd been having that sort of. You can see he just looks tired. Yeah. 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 Yeah, did you sleep well last night? I would have asked because it would say you look tired. Oh, better off. Because, um, again, the Noel battle is probably still a bit on my mind along with just reading uh, a 20-foot book. So <laughs> uh, slept as good as usual. It's it's all right. Oh, that's good, my friend. Uh, well, you take some rest now and I'll take over. Mm-hmm. The night goes on. Rest is had. And morning breaks. Morvan, you're awoken to a bucket of water in the face and you see Braxton standing above you. Mm. Wakey, wakey. It's time to go. It didn't damage any of my books, did it? You look and check and no, it hasn't. They're all magical. Oh, very good. You sort of look at him in a scornful way as if to say, if you damage these. If you damage, death will follow you very quickly. I look forward to the day. Mm-hmm. Pack your donkey. We need to go. Is that a euphemism? I didn't say ass. And as you begin packing up the campsite, 
moving the saddlebags over the donkey. It was yet to be named. Uh, we'll take a break there. Hi, guys. and Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode, D&D Valiant Odyssey. In the future, guys, if you want to catch up with us outside of the times that the episodes are released, you can come to our Discord. You should find the link in the show notes. If you want to catch up on all the announcements and keep up to date with the Valiant Odyssey action, then there's our socials link as well. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, we're there. Valiant Odyssey is growing and it's all because of you. So thank you so much for your patronage. Make sure you leave a review on your favorite podcast medium. We'll see you next week. Welcome to the Odyssey.